Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Yes, it is. And I invite you to join us. And you join us by dialing in at one 767 That's a toll-free number from wherever you are in the great state of Arizona. You want to ask us a question about your house, home, castle, or cabin, anything from the bottom of the foundations to the top of the rooftop, we can probably, if we don't know the answer, we can certainly probably get in touch with the person that does have the answer that we've learned to trust after our 45 years of building and remodeling experience throughout the great state of Arizona. Last week was kind of a busy show. We ran through that show in a New York minute. And part of the programming is we always try and reach out to our database and see what questions are y'all asking us during the week that we can address over the air on Saturday to answer so we don't have to call back 400 people individually. We ask you, just tune in and we'll cover those topics. Well, you may have tuned in last week because we told you we were going to talk to you about home warranties, life expectancy of a paintbrush, and the difference between dull, flat, or high-gloss paint. Which one of those three would you like to start with? Home warranties. Asked all the time, especially in this friend. Oh, well, you know what? Before I get to that, before I get to that, uh, shame on Rosie. We haven't said it all broadcast this morning. How about a great big congratulations to the Phoenix Suns? Rally the Valley. Rally, yeah. How about that? How about that? Took and, care of the Lakers in six. And yeah. and I in in fun fashion. That was a great game. I, I still can't believe, you know, I knew I, I love the win, but I still can't believe the blowout. You know, it, the uh the game before uh, the one uh, when they went to Los Angeles. I sat there and I said, okay, they're up by 30 points. You know how it is in the NFL. You get a team that goes up 30 uh, nothing in the first quarter and always seems to lose the game. Evaporate. It never stopped. They kept the foot on the gas. It was just so much fun to watch. But what a great team. Now they got to face the Nuggets. And the first game is uh, Monday night, 7 o'clock. The first two are here in Phoenix. So rally the Valley. Let's go, Suns. Go, G-E-A-U-X. Well, when we had, yeah, that's right. When we had Al McCoy out in the broadcast a couple weeks ago, it, it, it's the only place Al McCoy's ever been known to sing. It was on the Rosie on the House broadcast. Uh, uh, he, I could tell by the look in his eyes, he was very confident the Suns were going to, were going to, make a significant push into the playoffs. And he makes great calls, too, as well. Yeah. I, I I would go out – I'd listen to the first half on radio so while I was out for a run in yeah. the evening just to hear him do the call. And then the second half, I'd watch it on TV. But uh, we get to hear him a little bit longer now, too. So, so again, let's do it, sons. Congratulations, go, the Phoenix Suns. All right, we are a home improvement show, but I, I, I had to get onto that bunny trail just for a second. Uh the Valley deserves that. Congratulations. We're asked all the time 
uh, all year long with the frantic pace that we've got of real estate transactions right now, uh, whether or not I should invest in or require the seller to provide me a home warranty on the house. Well, with the frenetic pace that real estate is in right now, no buyer is going to offer to to buy that warranty for you right now because they're probably going to sell their house to the top bidder uh, who is waiving appraisals and waiving home inspection reports. They just want the house. There's, there's many true stories I could tell, but the one that kind of tickles me the most is a woman, uh, head of a household, needed to make a home purchase. She literally resorted to walking around neighborhoods she liked and knocking on doors and saying, can I buy your house? Can I buy your house? Can I buy your house? A man opens the door in the Ahwatukee neighborhood and it gets his interest. He says, yeah, I'll sell you this house. So she buys the house. Six weeks later, he's knocking on her door saying, can I buy my house back? <laughs> 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 that that is the crazy <laughs> pace of the real estate market in Arizona right now. We were rated just in the last couple of weeks as one of the very worst cities in the union that you could buy a fixer upper at a discount. Fixer uppers are now being discounted in Maricopa County a grand total of 2% nationally that's about a 30 or 35 percent discount that's the pace we're dealing right now so on the issue of home warranties whether the buyer in the old days when the buyers were anxious they would pay for a year of that warranty service now you're not going to get that you're going to have to decide whether you want to fund it yourself or not i always ask the property owner if you're a new home buyer can you give me a list of the service providers that have been treating this home and get a phone call conversation with the air conditioning contractor that's been taking care of that unit for the last four or five or six years? Talk to the people that know the property. And here's the reason why. If I am Mr. Insurance Company and I'm going to sell you a policy to protect your appliances and your air conditioning, and your structural integrity. I'm going to go out and I'm going to find vendors who will fix your problem at the cheapest possible price point, even to the point that I'm going to demand them. You must not charge more than $14 for a service charge. Okay, folks. Now, to put a man qualified man or a woman in a properly equipped truck that's licensed, bonded, and insured, you can't even turn the key on for $14, okay? So that company has agreed to do the work for below cost. And they make up the cost in part sales when they're on site. So they may come out for $14, but they'll sell you a hard start kit for $500. It's you know twice what industry rate is. And, and I really don't know what they're going rate for a hard start uh, 
unit is. I think it was 70 bucks the first one. I remember buying 25 years ago, so I'm sure the price has gone up as everything. But they do a lot of their makeup on, on part sales when they're out. And if you missed the story this week, uh, it was just published two days ago, there is 26,000 Arizonans are getting a refund as part of a home warranty settlement uh, that uh, was filed against a warranty company. And it's a $1.75 million settlement. Unfortunately, the attorney's probably going to get most of that, and the homeowner's only getting $25, uh, and some of them are eligible up to $1,000, but most of those people are only going to get $25 back. And I know you've spent more than that on your warranty service. So, you know, it, it's, it, you know, blah, 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 blah. It just, we like trying to not say, to say. <laughs> we like to say, what we do like to say is save, save, make a little savings account, put your money in there. And then when something happens, you'll have the, the cash. And then you get to pick who you use, you know, and like you said. That's the critical thing. You get to pick, not the insurance company. You get to develop the trusting relationship with a service provider. And what most people don't know is you can buy these warranties through the company that offers you your homeowner's insurance. And it's just as affordable then all your coverage is under one roof. And at that point, you get to pick who does the work. So over all the years that home warranty companies have been in existence, we've always been very skeptical of them and have not promoted them for all the reasons we just discussed. Let's see if we can... If you put every single dollar that somebody asked you to pay for a warranty, and not just home warranty, but I was—I remember buying something at Staples, and they wanted and they tried to sell me a warranty on it, and it was like it wasn't even anything that was mechanical. Well, they'll sell you a warranty for your stapler. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're, not, they're not shy about pushing those. They, I, they tried to sell me a warranty for a stick of gum. I was just wanted a stick of gum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everywhere you turn around, they're try- they're, everyone's trying to upsell you with some kind of warranty or extended coverage. Just if you take that money, that dollar amount, and put it aside to yourself in a, your own savings account, you know, that money's going to do a lot more for you there than it's ever going to do out. I mean, you're not even going to remember half or 10% of the warranties you probably even own right now or bought. And that's money you could have had. So that's our soapbox on home warranties and uh my mailbox will be filled tomorrow with uh writers not yours <laughs> not yeah carol's <laughs> not carol's not email box will be full tomorrow morning or monday morning uh with people contesting that but in uh, in uh, 25 years of watching the industry hearing the homeowner reactions watching the denial of coverage watching the exorbitant excessive pricing by the contractors that they're using, and the fact that you can't use your contractor choice. Those are all the reasons we don't recommend it. We're going to take a short break, but Paul has a question about home stucco servicing at his home, and we'll get to his question when we get back. We'll also address these other two questions that people are asking. How long should a paintbrush last? 
I'll need a soapbox, but it won't be as big a soapbox. You can bring the little one out. And then also, where do I and don't I use flat, semi-gloss, and high-gloss paint? Those are just some of the topics we'll cover. If you'd like to join the conversation, do as Paul did and dial one 767 4348. Here addressing Arizona homeowners' questions and inquiries about uh, home maintenance, repair, and remodeling. I have to say, I was uh, humbled and flattered uh, while dining at a restaurant this week. Someone tapped me on the shoulder and asked me, Was I Rosie Romero? And I I, I said, who's asking? <laughs> Why do you want to know? Uh, they said, you know what? Uh, I've been listening to your show since you started. Uh, he didn't look old enough to be that to have listened, but he said, since I started. He said, you are Arizona homeowners' security blanket. I thought, whoa. No one's ever said that before but I appreciate it. And we try hard to provide that level of protection. Let's bring Paul into the conversation, see how we can help him on this Saturday morning, one 767 4348 That's 1-888. Rosie for you. Welcome, Paul. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, I had a question. I got um, 3,200 square foot house. Um, uh, I was the original owner uh, slash builder and had synthetic stucco put on the outside as the finish. And, uh, it's about 15 years old, 16 years old. And I was getting some cracks and actually some leakage on a parapet wall. And so I had some quotes and basically everybody that came out said I needed to rewrap the house, the whole house, uh, because it was synthetic and getting everything to match. So I went with one of the contractors who was licensed. Um, and this started about six weeks ago. Uh, he sent over some guys and put up some scaffolding and they did about two guys did about a day and a half worth of work on the house and haven't been back since. And oh. I got scaffolding along my backyard and my side yard. I got plastic, um, wrap stuff that's all been blown all over in my pool and it's a mess. And every time I call him, uh, yeah, we're going to get out there. We'll be out there Tuesday. Tuesday's his favorite day. And <laughs> nobody shows. Now, I just, before we go so, on, before we answer the question, I just want to make it clear to every Arizona homeowner, this was a non-Rosie certified contractor, right? That's correct. Yeah, okay. That's correct. All right. This and, is, I'll, full, full disclosure, it was uh, Craig Fine. A Craigslist find. Okay. Uh, Good right. old Craigslist. And yeah. okay. looking, uh, Jennifer got the company that you hired. We won't say the names. We're not here to badmouth anybody. Um, right. That name doesn't exist on the Register of Contractors website. Um, so the first thing I would do is get the license number. Every contractor should have a six-digit number. Go to azroc.gov and type that in and find out what company name comes up with that license number. Now, the good by news law, is, by law, the number has to be on his truck signage, anywhere's logo, yard is. signage, contracts, and business cards. So you don't have to call him and get his license number if he's operating legally. 
you you should have some piece of paperwork that license number already. So that's the first thing we want to do is just verify uh, the company and if they are licensed with the register of contractors, you can put it in writing. Um, you know your intent to file if this isn't taken care of or put on a schedule. Now the good news is. There's scaffolding on your site. There's equipment on your site. You know, he, he he's not going to want to just walk away and take that loss on equipment unless he's just that poor of a business and, and financial manager of his company. So at, at least you've got a little uh, what, what, uh, equity, leverage. leverage. A little leverage. <laughs> a little leverage. Put, put that notice in writing. Get it out to him. Deliver it certified mail. Uh, verify the license number. Uh, and if we've we've taken that name that you gave us off air, John, and oh, I'm sorry, Paul, and run it through the registrar's website, there are several companies with names close to that that all have suspended, expired, or suspended licenses. So get there now, run the number, and then we'll go from there. Appreciate the call. Sorry you're having to deal with that kind of frustration. That kind of goes back to the gentleman that tapped me on the shoulder at the restaurant. Rosie, you're every Arizona homeowner's security blanket. Um, We try and run a referral service for contractor services that would keep this from happening by not allowing people that treat their customers like this to get into the network in the first place. So, Paul... I'm not going to say it. You already know it. I am going to say it. Had he been Roth certified, I could solve the problem in about 10 minutes for you. But no Roth certified partner is going to treat you like that. We're not a government agency. So if the contractor (laughs) is not somebody that's been through our screening process. Signed our agreement. And signed a a code of ethics and a complaint resolution policy, we don't have any kind of authority over... uh, fixing fixing issues so but but and we screen hard enough so that we don't have issues so that we don't ever have to use or get out the complaint resolution policy to utilize it but it's there as a backup should we ever need it and Romy's absolutely right as opposed to chasing him down with aggravated phone calls put it in writing date stamp it and deliver it certified mail it just seems to generally get their attention a little bit better. Back to your house. I want to talk a little bit about uh, this time of year. One of the tactics you can apply in your backyard to make the backyard, in particular the back patio, more inviting and more comfortable. Uh, Over the years, Jennifer and I have been in the same home now for about 40 years. So, you know, you do a little each year. And uh, we've basically made our back patio an extension of the house. It's got roll-down sunscreens to block the sun and create some privacy, uh, as, as well as once you create the environment in that space, it holds it in just a little bit better. 
We've got a big screen TV out there. We've got some comfortable chairs and a dinette table. Uh, I'll tell you, this time of year, uh, we go out there at the end of the day, and the first thing I'll do is I'll I'll go kind of walk through my garden and kind of check it, and that's how I kind of officially end my work day. Then I come back to the patio, and Jennifer and I will sit on the back patio. But the first thing we do before we sit down is I turn my misting system on. And we have measured in our backyard that under the shaded patio with the misting system on, the ambient temperature can be as much as 30 degrees cooler than standing out in the middle of the yard. So on a day that's 100 to 105 degrees, I can take my patio down to below 85, 80 degrees, approaching 75 degrees. And we sit out there and we've gotten in the, uh, a newfound habit of clipping news articles that we want to just visit with each other about and get each other's opinion. And what have you heard on this topic? And what have you heard on that topic? And or we'll sit there and uh, start the big screen TV, click on the Pandora channel, turn on our favorite music, and just visit about what's the next grandchildren event we've got coming up. Oh, boy, we got a good week coming up. We got all the grandkids staying at our house next week. Man, this is going to be a blast. But the misting system is what just begs us to get out of the kitchen, out of the breakfast room, out of the dining room, and go sit outside, listen to the birds, watch the breeze blow through the oleanders, the mesquite, and the palo verde trees, just enjoy the reflection of the swimming pool and each other's company. Now, it won't cool your outdoor patio 30 degrees in any environment. You've got to have a warm temperature. You have to have a low humidity. And you have to have a very slight or modest breeze. At the point a breeze picks up, above 10 to 15 miles an hour, it greatly reduces the effectiveness of the misting system. Anytime the humidity starts sneaking above 30, 35, especially 40%, it really impacts the ability of a misting system. But a part of our yard is a big sand volleyball court. And you get a church youth group over there playing volleyball, and man, it kicks up enough dust to cover the whole neighborhood. But you turn that misting system on and the sprinkler system on and wet it down a little bit, and it makes all the difference in the world. Misting systems can be fog machines, strategically located in critical areas around your backyard to create some really cool effects. As a misting system, generally speaking, you want them placed up high, pointing down, and you want to be pushing it out at such a high pressure that there are no water droplets falling all the way to the ground. The ground, the patio, the pavers below your misting system should virtually be staying dry. The high pressure sent through incredibly small orifices that are generally ceramic, not brass, uh, actually atomizes the water and turns it into such microscopic fine droplets that that 
is what's cooling the air. And it's not creating a moisture problem on your patio. So a misting system that you buy as a do-it-yourself kit that installs with uh, 125 PSI PVC pipe that simply connects to your 60 PSI water system at the back faucet isn't ever, ever going to do it. You need a compressor pushing 1,000 PSI through stainless steel pipes, pushing it out incredibly small, special orifices that are made of ceramic. And I'll tell you, if you have a water softener on your home, it's going to make it incredibly lower maintenance. So with my system, I take the heads off about once a year, soak them in a little bowl of uh, CLR uh, just to kind of clean them up a little bit. I replace the the filtered three-part system that my water softener feeds, and that's about all the maintenance the equipment needs. The compressor is good for years and years and years. So misting systems applied strategically to the right areas Though I've seen them actually out in the yard where the homeowners like to have their favorite reclining chairs or their hammock, and they'll actually mist up, cooling the ground area in that immediate vicinity. That works very well, too. A good misting system, the, the pump motor will cost you about $1,000. The motor will cost you that. Then you want to push it through only stainless steel tubing, only out ceramic orifices. All available for the do-it-yourselfer, but there are certain calculations you need to know about surface area, height above the ground, uh, the wind direction, uh, all of those, how many heads per run, how far a run you can make, all things that need to be considered to truly get a great working misting system. I love ours. I really do. And that pump is key. We were at some friend's house recently who had a misting system that was just plugged into the hose. And when we were outside, I went and sat over it and they're like, guy, dad, why sit close to the mister? I'm like, uh-uh, just sit here and watch. Nobody's going to stay there more than two minutes because you just get soaked it's uncomfortable, uh, and now you're we hot and soggy. We were eating, <laughs> and uh, you know you, you don't want soggy food. And sure enough, I mean, these misters ran almost the whole time, and within the first few minutes, there was nobody sitting around it. And uh, you know, some people are like, "Well, misters and water is that a good use?" Well, to generate electricity uses a lot of water and the amount of electricity it runs takes to run your pump is for your misters versus your air conditioner your misters is actually using less water than your air conditioner is because of how little electricity the pump uses and you're pushing that through quarter inch stainless steel lines out of microscopically small orifices so i mean you're using a gallon of water to cool several 
hundred square feet of outside area. And once you cool that area against the outside wall of your home, you're greatly reducing the BTU load on your house. So for all those reasons, we love misting systems. With, with a that, proper misting system. So let's say you maintain it perfectly. It could last 10 years, couldn't it? I'm I'm at over 10 years there on my go. system right now. I'm I'm at I'm I'm at close to twenty years on my misting system. And I've got a question about our misting system at home. I don't think I've ever paid close enough attention. Are the misters on the outside of the shades or on the inside? And what was the decision uh, to put the placement? Because I know that's key. That is key. Uh, we point all the misters to the outside of the patio because of the orientation of our patio. The prevailing breeze blows back in, so we're pushing the mist out away from the patio and then allowing the natural prevalent breezes to then evaporate and then blow the cooler air back in across the patio. Does that require any additional maintenance for the sunshades? Does the water drip down those at all and affect those? Well, and in fact, we we do have roll-down sunshades, then we turn the misters on. I couldn't do that if we weren't water-softening the water first. It would would literally eat the sunshades apart. So... We, we do have a question on misting systems, and I do want to get to the rest of the unanswered questions on paintbrushes and types of paint. Let's bring Audrey into the conversation and see what kind of misting dilemma we can answer for them. Hi, Rosie. Hello. Thank you so much. I listen to your show. Hi, Rosie. Hi, this is Audrey. I listen to you guys every day. Thank you. I mean, every weekend. Okay, all right. I have a question for you. My father does have the compressor, and he has the steel rods and all that, um, and it does very much cool down. But I noticed you mentioned something about the nozzles being ceramic, not brass. And his are brass, and I think it seems like they do clog up. Is there is there a reason why you suggest the ceramic and not the brass? Well, I tell you what, Audrey, if, if he's invested in the stainless steel and the high-pressure pump, wherever he was buying his supplies— the, the little screw-on nozzle is a brass body, but the actual orifice is a ceramic. So if you'll take that little brass head off and look inside, you very well may see a white or black ceramic orifice. And those will plug up occasionally. About, so about once a year, I take them all off. I throw them in a little bucket of CLR. I soak them for sometimes overnight, sometimes just a couple hours. And then I turn the misting system on with them off and I blow the system out really good, turn it off, screw those clean nozzles back in. And those nozzles, I've only had to replace, I think three nozzles in about 15 years. So just take one off and take a good hard look at it. If I'm guessing with the right equipment he has, whoever sold him that stuff, in fact, does have a ceramic nozzle. It just looks like brass until you really look close. Gotcha. Thank you so much, Rosie. I really appreciate it. And you're right. It really does cool the temperature down. It makes it enjoyable. It's, just, it's really amazing. Uh, it, it is, Audrey. We appreciate the call. Yeah, when, we're, when Jennifer and I are sitting there kind of doing a review of the news, and she gets up and goes and puts a sweater on, and out in the backyard it's 104 degrees. <laughs> I know the misting system is doing its job. One of the other questions we were asked a lot two weeks ago that we never got to last week was how long should a paintbrush last? Well, that's a loaded question. Let me talk you through the parts of a paintbrush. You all know the where the handle is, right? 
And then you've got that metal collar that holds the bristles to the handle. That's called the ferrule. Where the bristles go into the ferrule, that's called the heel. And out at the end of the bristles, that's called the toe. The life of a paintbrush depends on two things. Two things more importantly than anything else. Number one, the quality of the paintbrush to begin with. Okay? Uh, I will tell you that over all the years I've been in the construction business, when I'm going to go buy a new paintbrush, I generally look for a particular brand and I generally buy Purdy, P U R D Y. Now, so you got to start with a good paintbrush. Then the next thing you got to start with is a regimented, disciplined cleaning and storage process. Where the bristles go into the handle at the collar, the ferrule, is the heel of the bristle. If you don't clean that heel, you're greatly diminishing the life of your paintbrush. So when I'm done, actually when I'm painting, I'm careful not to let any paint ever get so far up the bristle that it's in the heel because it becomes so hard to clean. I like to keep all my paint on the lower half of the bristles down around the toe. It lets me control the paint flow off the tip of the bristle quite a bit better, particularly like in a tapered paintbrush where I'm trying to do a cut in. And it keeps it from dripping and it keeps it from getting all boogery right there at the ferrule. I hate paint boogers. I just hate them. When you're cleaning the paintbrush and you're there buying, when you're buying the paintbrush, buy yourself a wire paintbrush cleaner. It looks like a toothbrush, but it's made out of wire. The important thing is you've got to use that metal paintbrush to comb out all of the paint out of the heel of your paintbrush. And how long can they last? The purdy paintbrush that Jennifer and I painted our first apartment when we got married 40 years ago is still hanging in my garage and I still use it regularly. Winding down our final segment here of our weekly radio broadcast. If you've got a question that you weren't able to get in or field or have, you can always visit rosieonthehouse.com between now and next Saturday. Leave us a question there or the number that we give out. We also answer during the week, Monday through Friday. That is our office number, which is forwarded to the broadcast studio during Saturday's broadcast, so you don't have to remember Two numbers to get a hold of us, one 767 4348 That's one 888 rosie for you. And I didn't all come together uh, in time for Saturday's broadcast, but as you heard Rosie mentioning in the uh, On the House Hour with Dunright Window and Doors, we were on-site filming a new window install of these big patio door features that was our blog for this week, the Pivot Doors for your back door uh, opening up your home 
to your backyard and your, your living space. We'll have a video added to that blog this week once the editing's done. And as we continue into the future, that's our goal is to have a video to complement each one of our on-the-house uh, topics, our weekly to-dos, uh, our outdoor living hour. You know, each, each hour has its own theme and we'll have a three to five minute video that'll go with each one of those a condensed version of all the content we talk about here during the broadcast we'll, we'll push that uh, one out this week on facebook too that windows are so special and there it's inspiring to see that video and even the blog the pictures on there with people home more that connection with outside can barely be strong with those good windows and it'll be all content some people say well, why don't you just film the radio broadcast and post that have you ever, every radio show that's ever done that doesn't do that anymore because it's so boring to sit there and watch a radio broadcast. <laughs> you know, a video, you, it, it should be on site. It should be hands-on. And that's what we're, our goal is with our videos to do that. So that's just one of the continuing ways we're constantly working to be every Arizona homeowner's best friend. And if you've got a suggestion or if there's a topic you haven't heard us cover here in a while, you know, don't be afraid to, to reach out to us and let us know. We work to build out topics. And, you know, after many years of doing this, repurposing content, repurposing topics, you know, sometimes like, you know, you know what? You're right. We haven't hit that one in a while. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it, it has been three years since we talked about Fill in the blank. Well, my takeaways from today were the Arizona Grass Raised Beef Company. Tim Peterson coming in here and sharing with us about all he's doing with his USDA beef processing plant in Chino Valley. And the fact that he's got that bone broth and all of his products available on the internet at ArizonaGrassRaisedBeef.com. Going uh, to have to give that a try. For sure. And then the uh, Salsicato and talking about all the new window and glazing innovations, as well as in the 10 o'clock hour, helping the caller with their misting system and talking a little bit about paintbrushes and home warranties. Home warranties, just don't do it. If you need the insurance coverage for your peace of mind, do it through your homeowner's insurance policy, not a third-party home warranty company. Takeaways? Windows. Love nice windows. I love that pivot. I, once you see the video, you'll, you'll kind of see why we're so excited the about pivot these big door. pivot doors. Yeah, uh, we can really just open up to that outside. My dreams. <laughs> and then, of course, tomorrow night, Monday night, get some nuggets. Monday night, yep. Go some Nuggets. Go, Go Suns. Suns. Rally the Valley, baby. Don't get scared. We're going to be back next Saturday. If you need us before then, reach out to us on the internet machine at rosieonthehouse.com.